spending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Jim Gales, the founder of Food Forest Abundance, FFA, a company established in 2020 as a way to help people grow their own food forests and become more self-reliant. A food forest is a diverse garden of edible plants that more closely mimics the ecosystem's abundance and patterns found in Mother Nature. Growing crops in a food forest allows you to produce massive amounts of healthy food with minimal work. Whereas a conventional garden requires a ton of time and labor to keep it functioning, a professionally designed food forest can produce substantially greater crop yields and do away with much of the unnecessary work associated with conventional gardens. Jim's company helps you to create your own food forest landscape blueprint that's fully customized to your climate, planting zone, topography, space, as well as the beauty, functionality, and abundance you wish to have. Jim and his team have been kind enough to offer some special discounts and or bonuses exclusively for listeners of the Biohacking Secrets Show podcast who want their very own food forest. To claim your food forest landscape blueprint, along with some amazing bonuses and a, a 5 to 15% discount, go to https colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com slash discount slash biohacks. I know that's a long one, so I'm going to read it one more time. HTTPS colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks. And just mention the biohacks discount code to save between five and 15%. I actually went into this episode uh, a little bit unfamiliar with what exactly a food forest landscape blueprint entailed. And by the end of it, I was completely sold that this is something that we need uh, in North Carolina on our family homestead. So if you guys decide and feel the same way, to set up a time to talk with Jim and his team and use that discount code. And if enough of you guys feel inspired to do that, um, we may even get a nice discount on our uh, food forest landscape blueprint. I really do believe that these are the way of the future and that growing some or all of your own food is one of the most powerful action steps that we can take to avoid some of the tyranny and uh, medical experimentation that's going on in our world. So this is how we become a part of the solution. I appreciate you guys so much. And without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show, where I sit down with Jim Gale and we talk about how food forests are the secret to living a more healthy, free, and abundant life. Enjoy. Jim Gale, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Anthony, thank you for having me on that. I'm psyched about this show, biohacking. I just love that on so many levels. So I'm excited to learn from you today as well. I'm psyched as well and, and really pumped because, you know, we're going to be talking about how to live a more free, healthy, and, and abundant life, and specifically how to use food forests, which... 
our listeners, you know, maybe a small percentage of them are familiar with, but, but a lot aren't. And, and um, we're seeing this huge interest in biodynamic farming and permaculture and food forests, especially as people become a little bit more aware of, of maybe some of the things that have been going on in our world for a long time and the possibility that some of the things that we've seen unfold these past few years could result in food shortages. So um, I'm really excited for all the cool stuff that, that you're going to share with our audience. Well, thank God for the apocalypse, man. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is the great reveal. And we get to the future of humanity is in our hands. And then if you get if you want to be even more empowered, look at your hands and say the future of humanity is in my hands. Right. Because everything starts in the heart and in the brain and in our bodies. Right. And then from there, we vibrate outward and we demonstrate what it's like to be free and healthy and abundant on every level. Yeah, I, I was watching one of your interviews on the high wire and you were talking about how years back uh, you, you were spending a lot of time focused on the problems yeah. um, with agriculture and, and yeah. what it was doing to our planet. And it was more or less kind of bumming you out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I related to a lot of that. I'm actually working on a newsletter right now that that you know, is it's all about everything going on in the world. And I'm, you know, jokingly calling it the, the 2022 survival guide and uh, just how much time I've had to spend looking at everything and presenting it in a way, not trying to wake people up, but to kind of take them through maybe some of the, the, the the epiphanies that I had so that they're not participating in potentially harmful medical experiments. I relate a lot to what you said, because I'm like, I'll work for six or eight hours and I'm like, I need to go get a workout and a meditation and a sauna because I am freaking bummed out right now. I know, dude. You know, so um, and and I love the way that you've kind of switched that and said, you know what, I'm done staring at the problem. Yeah. I'm going to be a part of the solution. So let's kind of backtrack. Maybe you could take us through a little bit of your journey and and uh, origin story. All right. So origin story. I grew up in Minnesota. They called me nature boy. I was always incredibly connected to nature. I did not like school because the party and the visions and the dreams going on in my head were infinitely more compelling and exciting than what was going on in front of the room. So I got C's for one reason. So I could wrestle because wrestling was important to me. Right. I started wrestling about the age of nine and um, went through that whole process, uh, learned uh, a lot from becoming a wrestler. In fact, my, my wrestling coach, Tony Nelson, my, one of my first coaches, his son just won the NCAAs a few years back. I thought that oh, was nice. so cool. Um, yeah. But he uh, pulled me aside one day and he said, Jim, you've got talent, but you don't listen. And because in school, I just didn't listen. Right. Mm. But it was wrestling. So I had a reason to listen because I wanted to do better in wrestling. And the way he presented it to me wasn't Jim, you're not listening. It was Jim. You've got talent. Now it's time to listen. And, mm -hmm. and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, because, you know, it's the way we present things that either get people to repel or to, uh, or to get rapport, right? right and yeah. so that's all of these little things have been learning lessons. Then went through um, high, high school, did pretty well. I got second, third as a sophomore, second as a senior, although I was supposed to win as a senior, or I mean, as a junior. Um, in fact, the newspaper the next day said, biggest upset in state, Gail loses to Martin. Right. It was our sixth time wrestling each other. And I beat him the previous five times. Oh, right? 
Oh, right. It was like heartbreaking. It, it was heartbreaking. And it was the worst and best experience, right? To reframe those losses, that pain and suffering, that contrast into the desire to achieve uh, better. And then that, that's a learning process. I think Tony yeah. Robbins says, when you lose, you, you, when you win, you party, when you lose, you ponder. Well, I've mm -hmm. had a lot of good experiences to ponder in my life as well as some parties, right? Yeah. So then a big pivotal moment, I was 19, almost 20, and my college wrestling coach had the whole team write their goals. And this was the first time in my life that I created on paper a compelling future for myself, a future that inspired me to do stuff. And this was so profound because previous to that wrestling was kind of it was like oh we got to go to practice oh we got to run laps oh we got to do this and that but once I created that future on paper and it was so compelling that my coach looked at it and, and he laughed he actually smirked and said Jim these goals are kind of lofty don't you think because I had written that I wanted to be a three-time All-American and national champ <laughs> and in the wrestling room state champs and placers were a dime a dozen and I didn't place at all the last two years were horrible for me. So anyway, it would, it had already happened on paper. So it was already in me. It was already part of my new identity. The person that came to the wrestling room Monday morning was a different person than the person who left the wrestling room on Friday night. From then on people, in fact, about a month and a half later, uh, it was time to elect a captain. And I was basically a, a redshirted freshman. Um, and I was elected captain of the team and it was, it blew my mind because it was my energy and the way I inspired. And then the team ended up going from seventh in conference out of eight teams to second nation in those four years. It was really an amazing run. Right? So then I moved to Hawaii, lived, uh, lived in Hawaii and I started bartending bar. Then I ended up being a bar owner, which was, um, I lost my life savings. It was like 20 bucks, right? It wasn't much, but it was super fun. I learned a ton. And then I got to be 29 years old and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had a teaching degree, which was sent to me in the mail for political reasons, because I was inducted in the hall of fame and they needed to have me graduated before they could have a hall of fame inductee. Um, politics, isn't it great? <laughs> and anyway, I wrote my goals for the second time. I was 29 years old and I was living in surfer's paradise, Australia by myself, just bought a, just went with a backpack. Um, I found, I got a car and I drove up the, the East coast until I found this town that I liked. And I went to bond university every day. And this is where I started studying the greats, the Jim Rohns and Zig Ziglar's and Dennis Waitley's psychology of winning still brings tears to my eyes. Just thinking about how, profound that that learning was to me more important than all of my schooling was that three months of learning and I wrote my goals for the second time and I wrote that I wanted to uh, have three million dollars in three years I had no idea how and I didn't have any logical basis for that to happen uh, about three and a half years later our mortgage company did about 1.3 billion dollars in sales and I was done with that because I didn't really like the industry and I bought yeah. a boat and lived on the ocean for a year you got your three million bucks. Yeah, I got you up. I went from zero to <laughs> quite a bit more and then in, some. A, in a pretty short time. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I, I was didn't know what I was going to do next. I knew it wasn't going to be mortgages. So I started asking questions and I continued to read and study. And then I found Costa Rica. 
And in Costa Rica, uh, I had had my first two daughters, uh, Amelia and Sela. And I had learned, I, I had red pilled. I had, uh, I watched somebody, in fact, this is a kind of funny story because I like to share my wake up experience because, you know, it's easy to judge those who are still stormtroopers. They're still completely programmed, useful idiots, according to, I think it was Kissinger who called them cannon fodder and useful idiots. Um, nah. I got, I, I've, I've been really working on not doing that. And it's a challenge at times. It is because especially you when you feel like, ah, oh, you're, you're fucking it up for the rest of us. Yes. When you can <laughs> see that their foundation is force and violence, right? Yeah. They're literally stormtroopers in the sense of that's their objective is to work for the dark side, to control the good people who just want freaking freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I was to some degree, although I did never advocate for force and violence, I never advocated for government mandates of any kind. I never agree with that, but I, I definitely was not awake. Right. So mm -hmm. I watched that show. I had my first two daughters and I learned about permaculture all at the same time. And I went through this period of what the hell is going on, right? Mm -hmm. This is mind boggling. And my mind couldn't conceive of a solution because I was focused so intently on the problem. Yeah. I just dove in and I had time. I mean, I was 12 hours a day researching. Yeah. I mean, you could, I know about the nanothermite. I know about the free fall speed of building seven. I mean, all, all of it. Right. Yeah. And so I went through that period and then I read Bill Mollison's quote. Though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Simple, And I started to bawl yeah. because I needed that. I needed to have, because I'm an optimist and we all are by our very nature. We are abundant expressions of this, this experience we call humanity, right? We call mm -hmm. life. And I went through this period and, and that, that woke me up to, to, from that moment forward, I said, I've got to focus on, and I, I use got to, I get to is where I evolved to, right? I got to, I have to find a solution. That was one step in the right direction. It wasn't all the way there, but it was at least partway there. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's, I, I relate so much to that. And it's funny because today I was, I was working out and I was on the treadmill and I was thinking about the fact that I hadn't really put pen to paper and, and, and gotten clear on like, what are the goals for this next phase of my life? And I used to do that all the time and I'd have a vision board and I'd obsess about that. And then, you know, we jump on and start having this conversation and you're talking about how, how pivotal that was in your journey. So you, you kind of shifted away from the problem, which was focusing on, let's call it the darkness. And you said, I need to find a solution. You came across permaculture for, for those listeners who aren't familiar. How do you describe permaculture? Permaculture is simply modeling after nature, nature, God, source, whatever you want to call it, has all of the tools that we need to live like literally radical abundance, like so much abundance that this idea of medicine won't even be an idea. In fact, this is one of my favorite reframes. You know, uh, Einstein said, I'm not sure what the fourth world war, what weapons will be fought within the fourth world war or no, the third world war, but the fourth world war will be fought with sticks and stones. Right. Mm -hmm. So most people hear that and they think of complete annihilation. 
I'm going to reframe that for everybody. The reason that the fourth world war will be fought with uh, sticks and stones is because this idea of tanks and nuclear weapons and all of these things that are meant to destroy humanity will be so far from our consciousness that we will simply not, we'll be like next time a thousand years from now, after we get through this apocalypse, right? We'll be throwing stones at each other because there will be, <laughs> we won't have any need for huge weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when early 2020 went down, I was racking my brain for what to do and how do we stop this? And, and, and all the different paths I was exploring at first were through the systems that, that, you know, quote unquote, they've created. And then where it actually ended up taking me was get some land, grow your own food, yes, get a water source, you know, get off the power grid, not, not meaning live in the middle of nowhere, meaning like use your own power so that you have autonomy in that regard and get some animals and like be a living, breathing example of what freedom and a closer relationship to nature represents. Like after exploring every possible option and, you know, from signing petitions to, you know, marching in Washington, DC, I was like, no, I got to grow my own food. I can't do, I can't do a damn thing unless I'm growing my own food. And, um, I'm, it. It, it seems like you kind of had some, some similar realizations. Yes. In fact, I love these quotes that have stood the test of time This because quotes is just fancy words, but they're also concepts. And they're also a lot of times they do stand the test of time because there's something to them. Right. And uh, Victor Hugo's quote blew my mind. And to this day, it is one of our foundational concepts is there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. Now, mm -hmm. I want to unpack that a little bit because there aren't all these armies of the world. There's one army, right? It's the same families that control all of the armies of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, there might be some little offshoots or there might be some rogues here and there. But in general, the same IG Farbens, the same banks, the same families ha that have controlled the fiat currencies of the world. Yeah, and that's why they went bankers. in. It's central bankers. So yeah. this idea that there's a Russian army, a Chinese army, and a U.S. army, and all these armies, right. that's all bullshit. That's all part of the scam. They're yeah. not. There's one yeah. army. And the totally. army is those ignorant bastards who are controlling. They're, they're the vampires. They're the parasites that are sucking the blood and the energy of the people. So mm -hmm. if that's the problem, then how do they control the people? What's the one thing that they do besides, well, the most important and effective control mechanism is fear. Mm -hmm. And that is the opposite of faith and courage. So mm -hmm. we teach two things at our company, Food Forest Abundance. We teach meditation, raise up, know that we are more than this. And that when we focus on solutions in a positive, inspired, encouraged, enthusiastic way, then we've already won. Mm -hmm. And then the idea whose time has come is, and, and Kissinger laid this out. He said, if you want to control nations, control oil. If you want to control people, control food. If you want to control the world, control the world's currency. Yep. Well, what you just talked about and what we're doing all over the world is helping people take back control of those primary things, which is the food supply chain, mm -hmm. which really that's the number one thing that everybody can do along with raising your vibration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most people, you know, there's, I mean, you talked about in, in one of your interviews, just how much available lawn space 
that that we have. And it, this doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go buy 60 acres in in you know Appalachia like we ended up right. doing. It's it, that actually makes it a little bit more overwhelming because like everything needs to be bigger. You know, we've been putting yeah. in roads for like a few months because because we went we went big, but um one of the reasons that I came across you was because a guy that's worked with us branch, um, he's, he wants to be, do some work with you. And he sent me your website and I was like, Oh, I love this because it's when you start getting into permaculture and food forests and that sort of thing, um, it can be overwhelming. You don't know where to start. Uh, so I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, what is a food forest and a, a little bit about what you guys are doing with, food forest abundance. Awesome. So a food forest is a forest that emulates nature, that emulates natural systems, but it's designed to be productive for humans and for habitat for animals, which is of course beneficial for humans as well. And Mm -hmm. it's the balance that nature has. It's the diversity that nature has that creates its strength, right? Which is the exact opposite of these monocultures, which use poisons to control Mm -hmm. what they call pests. Now there are no pests. There are no weeds in nature. Every single animal, every single bug, bacteria, plant has a functional relationship with the natural system. It's the imbalance that is something that is so wicked. So for instance, we have 40 to 50 million acres of lawn. The lawn is is the zone one, right? It's right outside your back door. Our target market is strategically the suburban lawn because that's where we can turn our liabilities into assets in a way that will serve us on every single level. And I'm talking about when we turn 30, 40, 50% of that 40 to 50 million acres into edible landscapes that use no poisons, but actually are regenerative and abundant and expansive, we will reverse mass extinction and deforestation and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and all of the forms of tyranny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. None of us are born with the warrior spirit. It is taught and trained on the wrestling mats of Iowa, the mountains of Dagestan, and in homes across the world. Courage is learned from mentors and elders. Bravery is inoculated by a regimen of strategic training and discipline. This discipline culminates when the warrior has garnered the skill set to do what most men can't or won't when he willingly runs into the fires of initiation because that is where his people need him. We feel disconnected when we chase the false idols of money, material possessions, and comfort. But true purpose and freedom are earned by training those parts of ourselves from which most men run. Some heavy shit is coming down, brothers. And those who rise to accept this call will go through it and win. The body, mind, and spirit are your instruments of victory. One cannot be properly trained while ignoring the other two. Our elite one-on-one coaching program is this training and your call to rise. Whether you're trying to build muscle, burn fat as fast as possible, upgrade your brain, reclaim your health, or unleash the warrior within, 
I will build you a personalized game plan to take your body, mind, and spirit to their true potential. At biohackercoaching.com, you will tap into the most cutting-edge health, anti-aging, and transformation protocols personalized exclusively for you to radically enhance your physical and mental performance. You'll have me in your corner as your coach and guide. With detailed instructions and advanced custom techniques to optimize your life, weaponize your body, and bulletproof your mind so that you achieve your goals as fast and safe as humanly possible. You'll discover science-derived lifestyle hacks I've only shared with our roster of Olympic gold medalists, world-class athletes, U.S. Special Forces, high-level businessmen, and super achievers from all walks of life, people ruthlessly committed to unlocking their ultimate capabilities. This program is for beginners, intermediate, and advanced fitness levels and provides everything you need to optimize your body, mind, and spirit's full capacity. We run labs and blood work first because we believe in testing, not guessing. Then we use those data points to build you a unique, personalized program to correct underlying challenges and transform you into the man or woman you're here to become. Whether you're wanting to get shredded, add pounds of lean muscle, sharpen your mental focus and brain power, or heal, everything you need is included, and you'll have me in your corner holding you accountable, and guiding you through every step of the way. Because this isn't something I outsource to other coaches who may not have the skill set or experience you need, I can only work with five men each month. To grab a time for us to speak and determine if our Apex Coaching Program is a fit, go to biohackercoaching, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com and book a time for you and I to discuss your goals. Because we receive 50 to 100 applications each month for these five spots, if you'd like to request your application gets moved to the top of the list, send me a text message to my personal phone at 847-989-3743 and let me know why you're ready to change your life. This is elite personalized training at the highest level with zero guesswork. Only a small handful of people get this level of access to me and these teachings. If you've resonated with this, go to biohackercoaching.com now and fill out the short application form to grab a time for us to connect. Strength and honor. So you're talking about taking people's lawn space in suburban America or around the world and instead starting to plant crops and following a permaculture model where from my understanding, which is very, very basic, and please jump in and correct me if I'm misspeaking, but you have different layers and different plants that are of various sizes, um, and they sort of feed and support one another. And I've even yes. seen videos where people have chickens running around and they've got yes. small plants that protect the chickens from from predators and the yes. chickens eat certain things that might otherwise you know be problematic for the garden and then the chicken poop uh is 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 a fertilizer for the garden and and so it's really thinking about this holistically yes. and and you know you set it up rather than a traditional garden let's say where it requires large amounts of maintenance each year you're kind of replanting and you're tilling and you set up a food forest where you put in a lot of the work up front and you do it once and then the maintenance is much much less 
That's exactly right. Uh, permaculture is really a design science. It's taken all of the wisdom that has been put in place by Bill Mollison and Jeff Lawton and David Holmgren and all of these permaculture greats, Scott Pittman, who I've met a couple of times, um, these folks that have really shown the world. It's not a hypothesis anymore. It's a demonstrable fact that we can produce an incredible amount per acre, per, per tenth of an acre. We've got one food forest design that's 400 square feet on the ground, and it's got like 30 different plants in it. Whoa. Right? I mean, this is what you can do when you stack them. You've got underground, you've got your roots and tubers, you know, your gingers and turmerics and taro and yucca and mm -hmm. potatoes of all kinds. And then above that, you've got your herbaceous layer, a lot of mushrooms here. And then you've got your shorter shrubs and your taller shrubs and medicinals. And then you've got your shorter fruit trees and your taller fruit trees. And then you've got your vines that go up. And once they get established, you can have a vine where you've got one fruit tree that has five or six different types of fruit on it, plus a vine going up it with another fruit on it huh uh, with one fruit tree when you air layer yeah. them and graft them and stuff like that it's absolutely limitless what's possible in the field of the garden of eden or a food forest yeah yeah okay maybe you could take us through a little bit of your process i know that i mean do you guys walk people through this and, and help them based on where they live and what their goals are and how big their family is and everything um maybe you could describe a little bit of that process and i mean of course we're uh, foodforestabundance.com is your website and that's where people yeah. can go that want to to work with you guys assuming you have capacity when when they reach out but take us through take us through how this is done so someone's listening they realize they've got a ton of wasted lawn space and they want to start a food forest so if you if anybody wants to actually have a food forest it, everything starts with design so we've got now uh, 32 food professional food forest landscape designers that are on our team and what their job is, and they're amazing people. They're the detail people that I respect the most because I'm, that's not where I have a good focus on the, on the, like, what is this plant? What is this plant? How do they all go together? I have been in it so long that I understand it pretty well, but my focus is getting out to the world. So our designers they'll will work with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis they'll call and they'll ask what are your goals what's your vision for your property and then this is where it gets fun is they'll explain what's possible and some of the bs around food for us the, the belief systems and the bullshit is that growing food is a lot of work well let's take one peach tree for example you can put a peach tree guild in the corner of your yard and a guild is a community of plants that actually support each other your nitrogen fixers and your beneficial uh, insect attractors, your maybe chop and drop plants, and then maybe six or seven different types of bushes and berry bushes, and maybe a couple other things. So in one area of a peach tree, you can have a dozen different food producing plants and beneficial plants that you could literally leave for 30 years and come back 30 years later, and you're going to have a lot of food growing there. Yeah. So that's the effectiveness of design. Anybody can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy two or three fruit trees, put them in the ground, and guess what? You're probably going to get a yield. You might not. Mm -hmm. It depends on how good your soil is. But mm -hmm. what we will do is we will design the whole guild and, and permaculture system to work together where it's the lowest maintenance, depending on what your goals are, and the highest yield. I love that. I love that. Um, is this something that is 
mutually exclusive with a, a regular garden because like we're kind of getting, so we've got, we've got 62 acres in North Carolina. Um, we're going to get a greenhouse going so that we could extend the growing season. And then we have garden for sure, but garden may be food forest. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just know that we want to be growing our own food. And, um, and when I see the low maintenance that's involved with food forests and some of these, I've seen videos where people have like, you know, they'll, they'll walk away from it for a period of time. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it's almost self-sustaining and it, you're not constantly, you know, I, yeah. picking weeds, which aren't really weeds, you know, right. some of the most nutrient dense plants, but yeah. Is, is it a garden or a food forest or so I want to chat about the self-sustaining. So they're, they're more than that. They're actually expansive by their very nature. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, my partner, buddy, Chad Johnson, up in northern Minnesota near the tip of Lake Superior, has a food forest where he's got 300 different species of edible and medicinal plants growing on his property. It's a couple few acres. And he started about five years ago and now he has no, he has no fences. He created raspberries, these raspberry bushes that are like eight <laughs> feet tall and so thick you can't see through them. And they're so prolific and abundant. It's just insane. And they're around certain parts of his garden that he doesn't want the moose and the deer and the animals coming through as much. Right. So he has estimated that thousands and thousands of plants have been planted in the forest around his food forest because the wind and the rain and the animals come into his system and then they bring the seeds out, right? So this system, if you just let that system be, then that would expand over the years to cover the whole planet. So what we're doing is we're working with the permaculture network at large, which has already existed for like 70 years, and we're seeding these different areas. And then the expansion is going to happen kind of like how you see cancer or a virus expand, except mm-hmm. for this is the antivirus, right? Right. And it, it's just exceeding all these areas and it's just expanding. So your question, back to your question, what was your question? Yeah. So I was, I was trying to decide if, if oh. a, a food forest yes. would replace the garden yes. and it's sounding like it, it could. Well, it absolutely can. So there are two different types of plants in this context. One is a perennial, and that's a plant you plant once and it lasts sometimes for thousands of years. There's Mm -hmm. olive trees that have been around for over 2000 years producing Uh, an annual is something that you plant and then you harvest and then you have to replant the seeds from the harvest. Mm -hmm. Right. So we focus on perennials in our food forests. However, annuals are very important now because annuals produce in 30 to 120 days, typically. Okay. And some of them a little bit longer, but the short-term food supply is in big trouble. Yeah. I suggest everybody start getting seeds now, get enough to have at least three months, but probably six months of, of food at your house and then have seeds. So then if the system does crash, you can then immediately start seeing that and start planting seeds because then when the seeds are ready to harvest, you've got food. That makes sense. So the, the annuals you're saying are, um, to address the short-term immediate need. And then you're also, you're, you're doing these perennials and kind of planting seeds that you might not see a yield from for a year or more. Four or five, sometimes eight. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the trees. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it starts kind of taking on a life of its own. Okay. So that makes, that makes sense. Um, so garden and food forest, and then, and then the food forest expands based on animals eating some of the things, but you plant enough so that 
I mean, you're saving money on fencing. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot less landscaping involved. Yeah. Um, and there's some places where you might want a fence. There's some issues with deer. Some people have is issues with uh, squirrels. A food forest, if your, if your goal is complete food security, then there has to be an apex predator in your system. Mm -hmm. Apex predators don't eat your lettuce, right? They right. eat the meat that eats your lettuce. So mm -hmm. if you're not going to become the apex predator, then you're going to want to have a fence. Yeah. Right? Or you're going to want to have a dog or you're going to, you know, there's a lot of solutions. Makes sense. Um, the way I see it, you know, in this, in this situation where you've got so much abundance is that let's say a deer or a hog or some of these animals do come in that eat your stuff or a mm -hmm. rabbit. Well, now you've got deer and hog and rabbit to eat, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you're actually farming without fencing. Totally. Totally. It's brilliant. Um, okay. So your, your team essentially looks at where someone's living. They start to design and craft a food forest based on how much space they have to work with, what they want. Um, and, and, and you're also recommending everybody listening is getting seeds planting yes. perhaps a garden, some, some annuals for immediate yield, um, getting, maybe getting a freezer and having some stuff in the freezer yeah. so that, so that we're, we're protected against some of these food shortages. Um, yeah, and if you have a freezer, get a second power source, um, some type of solar system with batteries or something like that. Generators are okay, but they're not very sustainable. I, I, I just got an off-grid solar system that I, I just love it because we nice. it can run a freezer. It can run our whole camper and our studio. And then if the grid does, well, we don't even have a grid. So that is our, but even if we did, that would be our supplement in case the grid did go down. That's smart. That's smart. I would like before, before we jump off to kind of talk about some of the preparations and steps that you've taken. Cause I think yeah. that would, that would be super helpful too. Um, do you have recommendations on where people can get good quality seeds, you know, that aren't genetically modified where, yes. where they can get maybe some, some annuals and good plants where you trust the source and, Absolutely. and that sort of thing. Annuals and perennials. Um, the first place to look for the best seeds is in your local neighborhood and expand from there. Like, and, okay. and go and meet these people, go to the nurseries and talk to them. Most nursery people, especially in the smaller nurseries, they are all about organic. They're not about poisons. If you go to a nursery and they also sell <laughs> poisons, leave, don't, don't right. go there, <laughs> just yeah. leave. And, and then ask them because every zone has, and every region has a different specialty, a different um, plants that, adapt and thrive. And that's one of the first things in permaculture is what zone do you live in and mm. what's indigenous to the area currently. So start there. And then from there, there are some national companies that I like Johnny Seed and True Leaf, and there's many, many more. Um, I like those specifically for microgreen seeds. Okay. Um, if you want to start growing indoors, microgreens are fantastic. They take like a minute a day. And once you get into it, the, the return on your time invested is absolutely phenomenal. Are microgreens like sprouts or are they different? They're a little different in that you, you grow them up to, they're usually between like four and depends on what kind they are, four and eight inches. Um, and they are four to 40 times more nutrient dense than their adult counterparts like broccoli and kale and peas and sunflowers and wasabi and all these. Um, nice. And it's so easy to grow them. You get a 10 by 20 flat or a 10 by 10 and you put some soil in there or you can even get mats. You can even use paper towels, although you have to water it more if you do that because they dry out more quickly. 
Yeah. And then you put the seeds on there, you spray them once or twice a day for 20 seconds. And over a 10 to 14 day period, you're going to start harvesting incredibly delicious and nutrient dense food. Wow. That's fast. Yeah. So anyone listening right now can, can get some microgreens growing. They could yeah. listen to one of our past episodes about sprouting and get some yeah. sprouts, sprouts yeah. going. And just, it, I mean, it just feels good to take back a little bit of your autonomy in this area yeah. and, and take responsibility for it. Um, some, some questions we got from our audience, understanding the difference between permaculture, uh, biodynamic farming, you know, sustainable agriculture, are they, are they all sort of under the same roof? Are there any key differentiators that we need to understand and, 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 and why you like one perhaps more than the others? I love them all. Um, the word sustainable farming and permaculture and biodynamic, it's really all the same thing. Biodynamic takes it maybe to a level where it's, um, it, it adds the woo, right? Mm -hmm. It adds the metaphysical in a way that might not be scientifically like showing, but I like it. And, yeah. I, you know, but permaculture is kind of the umbrella that I look at that encompasses all of it because it really just means whatever is regenerative, like sustainable is a system that produces as much or more energy than it takes to create and maintain. Right. right. So it can last. That's, that's, that's the same as permaculture in a way, but mm -hmm. really permaculture is incredibly regenerative and expansive. So permaculture is way more in my mind than even just sustainable. Totally. Totally. Um, what are some of your favorite resilient plants for food forests that, that you also consider to be like nutritionally superior? Uh, well, okay. That's a really good, uh, my favorite sweet potatoes. You can grow sweet potatoes indoors. Um, you can't grow them in a lot of colder climates. They like it a little bit warmer um, okay. unless you bring them indoors or into a greenhouse. But if I had to pick one favorite, that's it because you can eat the potatoes, you can eat the leaves, you can eat the stems. They're an incredibly mm. beautiful ground cover and they're so prolific. We planted like these sweet potato starts, you know, like a little stick with like three leaves on it. Right. Yeah. And now six, six months later, we've got this incredible like hundred square feet of coverage and it's all food and it's incredibly nutrient dense. Yeah. Right? And, and potatoes are good too. In some places they're not as nutrient dense, but they've saved millions of people around the world. Right. Um, you know, the potato famines and when mm -hmm. yeah, they're good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So sweet potatoes, that's, um, that's brilliant. And you've mentioned like yucca and, and some yes. of those other root vegetables. Maybe, I don't know if you meant, did you mention taro or cassava yes. Uh, yes. for, for if, if the, um, they're fantastic. Those root crops where, you know, you walk by and it's like a, a little tree and you can cut it up anytime and you can eat the roots that are the foundation of the tree. So yeah. you can keep them literally in the ground until you're ready. Another thing that I love in, in the warmer clients, climates or in like a grow room are the perennial lettuces, longevity okay. spinach and Okinawa spinach and Suriname spinach. These lettuces are phenomenal. They're incredibly healthy and they, you don't have to go to the store and buy lettuce ever again. We've got so much lettuce coming out of our ears right now. Yeah. And yeah, it's tastier and way more nutrient dense. That's cool. And do, so did you, do you have a fence around your uh, food forest or do you use the, the, you mentioned the raspberry? You know, uh, 
we got some magical stuff going on. We've got these 2,000 feet of centropic agroforestry, which is just a fancy way of saying we've got rows of food, uh, over 100 different species and hundreds and hundreds of different plants. And it's in the middle. It's at Golf's Landing where we're building this off-grid community that's just, just awesome. It's really cool. We're actually building a studio there. Where can people find out more about that? Um, you could reach out to me through Food Forest Abundance, or okay. you could even look at galtslanding.com. Um, it's named after John Galt from Atlas Shrugged. Oh, it's yeah. A, yeah. It's, nice. it, and it's so weird because, you know, he was the energy guy, right? He created that energy system. Yeah. Well, I was just talking to an Emmy Award-winning good friend now of mine. His name is Darren. He just won an Emmy for a show last year. Um, and he has got these energy systems. He said, Jim, I know for certain that they're available because we're putting them on our property. And I'm not talking about free energy magnets and all that stuff. That might be real. I don't know. Um, I don't think we can, you know, mess with the laws of thermodynamics and entropy and all that stuff. However, there's a lot of stuff we don't know yet. And there's a lot of stuff that's been hidden from us because it takes the power away from the criminals. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we are going to be demonstrating at Gauss Landing, all of these solutions as that's going to be our life. That's going to be my job is to demonstrate and have a studio on site where we can show this. Oh, but anyway, back to the deer thing. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. We've got all these foods growing. And nothing is bothering them. Now, I know that drives some people nuts because deer can be a menace to a food forest. But I can show you videos. You can come stop by any time, get a hold of me, and I can walk you around this property. And you'll just be like, how come there are deer tracks right here? And there's seven different types of lettuce growing right here. The answer probably is because the natural forest around us is prolific with food. And the first things animals will eat is something they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Right. So if the deer ever get too familiar, then we're just going to eat some deer. Right. Yeah. And are you guys in Costa Rica now? I have a lot of property there, but I'm not there personally right now. Um, okay. It's uh, the government has went pretty tyrannical um, and yeah. socialistic. And uh, I feel really bad for the people there. The economy's suffering. Um, I love it. I love the people. In- I love Costa Rica too. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Amazing. We did a plant medicine ceremony there in, in 2019. We got invited. Um, Rhythmia had us down and it was it was life changing for me. And we went to Tamarindo and my brother and I surfed and we got to explore a lot of the, the wildlife there. And, you know, the, the, the zip lining and all the standard stuff as well. Um, Is that the place in Cartago, Rhythmia? Rhythmia, I, I believe so. It was um, it's up in the hills. Um an ayahuasca shaman, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 It's, I love that. I did that. It was, that was a life changer. You did it as well. So, yeah. Many times it's oh, a life changer. There yeah. you go. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So this is, this is great. And Galt's landing. Is that just G A L T S L A N B I N G.com? That's right. Yes. All right. That's amazing that you guys are doing that. Um, favorite resources for people that want to learn about permaculture um, and have a better understanding of this practice? So I've spent, I don't know how many thousands of hours over the last 14 years watching Bill Mollison and Jeff Lawton and David Holmgren and these crates. And there's so many more out there now. In fact, a lot of our team members, um, just phenomenal. Um, uh, We've got an education director named Alan Campbell, who's compiling and creating all these educational resources 
Nice. Uh, but but go on any of the social media and, and start watching videos. And, and a couple yeah. that are really engaging and mind-blowing. Um, Jeff Lawton's Greening the Deserts of Jordan is okay. kind of a mind-blower. Uh, Bill Mollison's Trump story, T-R-O-M-P-E, I believe. Um, that one blew my mind because it's about energy and compressed air and how this used to be the norm until the big companies um, have basically took that technology and hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have any recommendations or have you had any success communicating some of these quote unquote alternative growing practices to local farmers who, who may be doing things old school, um, you know, and then kind of a follow-up to that is as we create this brighter future, there's a lot of farmers who have, who have been sort of trapped by GMO seeds and, and pesticides. And, um, do you see a way out for them and, and do food forests play a role in that way out? Farmers, this is the biggest opportunity in the history of humanity. And totally. farmers could, will be the leading edge of it. The name mm-hmm. of our company is Food Forest Abundance, and our acronym is FFA on purpose. We will be the future farmers of America, and we won't use poisons. <laughs> right. And, right. Yeah. So, yes, the, their farmers are moving this way faster than ever in history. Um, I'm actually going to be on stage um, right before Curtis Stone and Joel Salatin here oh, on the nice. 28th at the Greater yeah. Reset. And yeah. these are some of my heroes, right? I get to yeah. um, sit and, and chat with them. And, Curtis Stone was the urban farmer, right? And then, yeah. and then, he, and then he got out of the city. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a smart wise, man. Oh, smart man. <laughs> um, and then I love Joel Salatin as well, because he is t- showing what large scale agriculture can be like. And he gets more money per acre by far than these traditional farmers. And he's shown ways to do it, which are just, they're better. It's better in every way. His land and his soil is actually building while theirs is being destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I mean, I think about how, how we want to operate in, in North Carolina, right. In Appalachia and, we want to be growing more than enough food, not just for our family, but also for the people in the area. And while still at the same time, like, I don't, I don't want to spend eight hours a day farming. Right. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not a farmer. I I'm, I'm passionate about this and I see the purpose. Um, Do food forests accomplish all of that? Like, would it just make more sense for us to, to work with your company, design a kick-ass food forest, and be done with it, you know, maybe have a supplemental greenhouse for, for when the growing season uh, is, is cut short by mother nature and the weather. And then, and, and, and are we good to go with that? So you're good to go to a certain degree. And absolutely the answer is yes, because we have the resources that we've put together and continue to put together. Like we launched nine months ago and we've got now co-ops in um, over a hundred co-ops around the world and all these different resources. So the answer is yes, let us, we would love to help you and we will design it according to your goals and work needs. So Starting with, we would we would get, yes, a greenhouse is great because that can extend your growing season 
considerably. In fact, in the Carolinas, you could be growing all year long yeah. um, with a greenhouse. And with kind of some simple techniques, you could bury part of the greenhouse. You could um, create heat sinks and black, you know, having black water barrels with the sun, the yeah. south sun hitting them and things like that. Right. Um, so, yes. And then there's many layers of profit centers that you can create with your property as well. You can be a cooperative partner, which means you can use your property as a demonstration site. And then this is incredibly lucrative business. Yeah. See, we're a fan of the voluntary exchange of value, which is true capitalism, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody said, okay, I want that. And I'll give you this for that. Um, so then you can create a demonstration site where you've got educational components. You can have people come in and do tours and maybe they, you charge them 25 bucks and they leave with a couple plants, or you could do a classroom where you charge, a, you know, a thousand bucks a day and you've got 10 people all paying a hundred bucks a day and you do a classroom because this transition, this is how we do it. We mm -hmm. inspire more people to do it. And then everybody who's providing this value gets paid for the value they provide. And here's, here's one of the most fun parts for me that I like to share is we will not pay taxes to an entity that we are at war with, but right. we also don't want to go to jail. So we're yeah. going to be putting all of our excess, literally all of our excess um, in back into the system. And we're going to be donating food for us to schools and churches and community centers and HOAs. And here's the thing. People Gangster. say, oh, what's your, yeah, they say, what's your freaking scheme, Jim? I'm selfish. That's my scheme. I'm doing this because it aligns with everything I believe. And this is how we change the world. And that's yeah, what man. I want to do. So it's, it's very transparent as well. I, I want to be a part of this and, and I respect you as a businessman and, and even more so as a warrior and, and how you've stepped up and faced this head on from a solution oriented perspective. Um, we're, we're in, we'll build a food forest. I mean, I, we've, we've also been exploring, I, I see the importance of having multiple streams of income. Yes. Um, and, you know, we recently got an excavator, not just for our land, but so that, you know, we could, we could be helping people around the area that could be a side hustle. We've looked into community supported agriculture and some of those models where people in the community can be on a subscription and getting certain, you know, you get certain uh, deliverables yes. in terms of like yes, yes. produce and, and, and whatnot. And um, do you have anyone that's, that's, you know, followed your, your model with, uh, yeah, nice. You, it go. says members garden, dude. That's the next yes. thing I was going to share with you. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think people are also interested in, in side hustles as this, as this goes on and how can a food forest be generating some income for them while also Gosh. helping out their fellow man and neighbors, you know? Yeah. Uh, in all these different ways. Like it's the most, it's the ultimate stack of benefits and functions, right? Mm -hmm. You've got food security handled, you've got your, your health handled, your family and all these different things. Plus yeah. you've got multiple layers of income. And I'll give you two. One is the member's garden, right? Yeah. You can go out to your community and you can say, hey, here's what I'm doing with the money. Keep it all very transparent. I'm making X amount of dollars per month on this piece of the puzzle. And you get X percentage of the crop of the yield that we produce. Here's what the expected value will that be or will be from that. And you show compared to a farmer's market, it's about the same. Like you're not, you're not trying to undercut or any of that stuff. You're saying, this is the value I will provide. 
and they'll mm-hmm. see you. They will feel your integrity, which you can, it just it just exudes. And they'll say, I'm in, you know, you get to the right people. So you could have a hundred people in your member's garden, each paying X amount of dollars per month. Let's call it yeah. $300 a month. Now that's $30,000 a month. You put X amount into the actual labor and food growing. You take X amount as income and everybody's super happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And, and what can people expect for getting this set up? You know, the, um, of, of course, I want to talk about what it looks like to engage you guys. And then um, what do you tell people to budget for? I don't know if it's per square foot of food forest, but, you know, there's costs of getting getting the crops and the trees yeah. and that sort of thing. So what have you kind of seen as, as a good rule of thumb in, in those regards? So. So this is where it's like building a house. You start with the architecture. And then once the architecture is done, which for us is the food forest landscape blueprint, Mm -hmm. then it shows exactly what plants, it shows how much mulch, how much soil, where are the amendments, all the details. Then you take that and the cooperative, which we will walk you through your own install and even send somebody there. And this is what we do across the board. We can even send a professional installer to do your first one with you if you want to. And in your case, it'd be fun to film too. Oh my gosh. And that's a stack of functions because now Mm -hmm. your filming becomes educational and it becomes marketing for what you do for the world. Mm -hmm. Huge benefit. So yeah, so we can support you on many different ways. A blueprint for a standard backyard up to a quarter acre is $797. A blueprint up to an acre is $1,500 and a three acre blueprint is $2,750. Okay. And Yeah. And then you can scale from there. You can start with any size and then you can learn the principles that went into that one and then scale. Okay. Right. And there's, there's different elements that you'll learn along the way as to what to look for when you're scaling. Um, And that's the first step. The other one is the cooperative piece, which then there's access to all sorts of resources as to how to get to market with your food production. And do you guys help with that as well? Resources wise, yes. And we're creating many different links. For instance, we're coming to market. To my knowledge, we're the first that's going to come to market with a financing package that actually finances the installation of food forests globally, along with nurseries. Um, Isn't that cool? Yeah. and talk about a return on investment. I mean, the price of food is going up like that relative mm-hmm. to the fiat currency. So right. if you're going to take currency and put it into something that's going to go up in value, logically, like this is based on the history of everything. Like it's, it's yeah. going up in value. Um, well, and you and, got Bill Gates buying up all the farmland. I think he yeah. owns more in, in the U.S. than and he's the largest owner of farmland in the U.S. right now. You know what I mean? If you, if you, if if you don't, if you don't want to be eating fake food, you got to start growing some food. (laughs) Soylent green, right? That show. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, this is how we help. And we've got like teams of people and we're always bringing on different kind of links to the puzzle. The other Mm -hmm. thing is um, we're bringing to market a crypto that is actually backed by food production. So our network is getting together and they are saying, I will allocate X percentage of my yield to the community. And then exchange for that allocation, they get crypto. So it turns mining, which is typically an energy liability into an energy benefit. Mining and growing become the same thing because as you're growing, your crypto becomes more valuable.
One of the biggest challenges that we face in this modern day and age is how to provide yourself and your family with healthy, organic, nutrient-dense produce that is affordable. And food forests are one of the most effective ways of doing that. What's amazing about Jim and his company, Food Forest Abundance, is they have created a system that builds out a customized food forest landscape blueprint that is based on your climate, your planting zone, your topography, your space, and the beauty, functionality, and abundance that you wish to have. They take decades of permaculture knowledge, wisdom, and research and do the heavy lifting for you so you don't have to figure all that stuff out. All you need to do is execute and implement. And with the possibility of coming food shortages and supply chain issues, I am certain that starting a garden or more specifically a food forest is one of the best action steps that all of us can take to start building non-dependence or independence from these uh, systems and, and, and supply chains that may no longer be serving us. A lot of the top health experts in the world don't even recommend eating at restaurants or shopping at uh, national grocery stores because of all of the things that have been found in their food from genetically modified organisms, pesticides, and even nanotechnology, where there's some people that believe they may even be putting stuff in our food to quote unquote vaccinate through the food supply. And the easiest, best way to step outside of that is by going to uh, https colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks. Grabbing a time to talk with Jim and his team. And if you feel uh, inspired and aligned to do so, having them create a food forest landscape blueprint for you and your family. These can be done anywhere. And specifically, he's he's found a way to make it actionable and easy to implement in suburban lawns all around the world. So again, that website is https colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks. And if you have a hard time remembering all of that, or you're listening to this while you're doing other things or driving or operating heavy machinery of any sort, uh, you can just go to foodforestabundance.com and then mention the discount code biohacks, which we set up for you guys that'll save you between five and 15% on your food forest landscape blueprint. And that's how we become a part of the solution. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys and talk to you soon. And I, I see so much relevance there where, you know, the, 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 the whole digital and cryptocurrency, like it, it has a lot of promise, but at the same time, it's not as tying it to something in the real world, like food and food yeah. forests is, is brilliant. Um, what, what do people typically see in terms of savings, right? They get a food forest and I know that depends on the size of the food forest and everything like that. Do you have anything that you've observed, uh, yeah. historically that, you know, I can give you some really good numbers that you can look up in a heartbeat and say, yep, that's what the shit says, right? Um, yeah. Let's take one peach tree, for example, right? You put a peach tree in the ground and a healthy peach tree will produce 250 to 270 peach a year, right? Mm -hmm. And how much is the cost of an organic peach? 
Well, you look at it and you can go, okay, well, I got this many peaches and that fruit tree cost me, if I did it myself, with everything, like beautiful soil, beautiful mulch, beautiful everything, that cost me 200 bucks or 250 bucks to put in the ground. Right. right? It's going to take probably three years to get 100% ROI. And then after that, you get 100% ROI every single year. But right. now you don't just have the peach tree. That's the most expensive element in that particular guild. But you've got all of the other plants around it, the raspberry bushes and the mushrooms and all these different things. Now you're getting hundreds, if not $1,000 per year out of that one area. And, and here's a real fun one. You've heard of pruning fruit trees. And, most fruit trees, pruning is just, you just cut sticks, uh, branches off in order to put more energy into the fruit production and to okay. open up air and wind in different ways for the sun to get into the fruit tree itself. But yeah. when you turn pruning into air layering, you take a little thing, it takes about five minutes per tree and you put either a tennis ball or different ways and you put some rooting compound in there. Now, when you cut that branch off three, four months later, you've got a new $20 fruit tree and it took you five or 10 minutes of effort. Whoa. So now scale that in a food forest and you just became a nursery where your own crop, you're turning a liability, which is pruning into an asset, which is creating your own nursery. So you, do you guys do this where let's say someone, they want to do your largest uh, landscape blueprint is three acres. Did you say? Yeah, but we're doing mountaintops in California and hundred acre parcels in Africa. So we do any size. Um, it's custom after three acres. Sweet. It, sweet. It's always custom. I shouldn't say it like that. It's, it's off the books because um, not off the books, but it's, it's just a, a conversation to determine what the goals are. Yeah. All right. So I love that. And then for people that, that are aligned with this and want to take this, this next step, but maybe they're on a little bit of a budget constraint. Um, could they start with a smaller landscape yeah. blueprint with you and then say, Hey, but I want to, I want to grow this thing. You know, I may, I may start with an acre, but I want this to be five acres by the time I'm done. Can you, yes. you know, share some of those practices on, on if, if I'm willing to do the legwork? A hundred percent. That's what we do. Like I said, our primary mission, I've got four daughters and we get to make this change. I've changed my obsession from an obsession to a joyful obsession. And yeah. I've changed words like got to and have to, to get to, because yeah. it changes the energy behind it and it makes totally. it enjoyable. So yeah. the answer to your question is you could have a thousand acres and you could start with a quarter acre blueprint. And that'll be, by the way, a lot of food. Or you could no. do a one acre or you could master plan the whole thing. Um, but yes, you can start anywhere you want. And then you might learn enough in the period of time between the purchase of that blueprint and, and the install where you know how to do it the rest yourself. Fantastic. So guys, if, if you're listening and dig this, go to foodforestabundance.com, fill out the contact form, have a conversation with, with someone on, on Jim's team and um, kind of get the ball rolling. And then do you guys, are, are you, do you have capacity for, to, to help a lot of people with this? And what type of interests have you seen, you know, these past six, 12 months? Are you seeing a lot more people interested in this and excited yeah. about it? We, after 14 years of building fancy greenhouses and communities in several different countries and doing all this efforting and struggling towards the same goal, which is a, a free world. I just started meditating about a year ago. 
I relaxed my energy. And in the last nine months, we launched nine months ago. And dude, it's, it's, it's going global viral in an epic way. We finished a TV show with um, the producer of the crocodile hunter called me and said, Jim, we want to shine a light on your vision. Just the other day, one of the major networks called up and said, they want to buy it. They're looking for um, a, a fund or um, uh, a, a, an, uh, was it? a budget. They said, okay, we want to buy it, but first we got to talk budget and all this stuff. Mm. So that's happening. We've got um, a guy doing a doc, a world-class documentarian doing a documentary. We have an incredible network of several Emmy award-winning actors and producers, all of it coming together at the same time, because this is the idea whose time has come stronger than all of the armies of the world. And totally. people are recognizing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, so foodforestabundance.com guys. And if, if you're okay with it, a couple kind of rapid fire questions that have to Please. do with, with mindset, biohacking, you know, making sure that, that you're on your game to be able to bring this to the world. What does your goal setting process review? How do you, what does that look like today? Um, yeah, maybe it's you can changed. Walk us through that. It's okay. It's changed. It's evolved significantly from, uh, a Tony Robbins kind of um, uh, follower. And I still love Tony Robbins. In fact, Tony, I want to work with you if you're listening to this because I, I got something for you. Um, to Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna. My, my and, business partner is good friends with Tony Robbins. I might be able to make a connection. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah. But I've went completely metaphysical. I've went completely into a meditative state regarding this whole process. I don't plan for things. I allow things. I don't try to control things anymore. I allow things. And yeah. since I've made that shift, it's magic every freaking day. I love it. I love it. So you're not so much grinding where you're writing everything out and you're going through health and wealth and relationships and spirituality. You're more saying, I need to focus on my vibration. I got to slow down. I got to relax and I got to allow. So I take so, naps every day. I go fishing as much as I can. I play nice. tennis and I have a, a just, the, I'm having the best time of my life. Yeah. That's huge. Do you, do you meditate regularly still, or was that more something you needed to kind of usher this in, but it's not. Just... I meditate all the time as yeah. much as possible. I'm one breath away from enlightenment, which to me is I can't move shit. I can't read your mind or nothing like that. Enlightenment to me is just, I can feel my hands. I can feel my stomach. I can hear the buzz of the universe. I can sense the temperature in the air. Yeah. I'm one breath away. And, and is that something that you carve out time for, or are you just trying to do it? Are you making an all effort day. to do it all the time? Yeah. I'm making a joyful effort to do it all. I've become so aware with the feelings in my body. I'm 52. I've never felt better in my life. And I've become aware of the feelings. And sometimes if I'll get in a debate with my wife that I'm not, we're not connected, I'll, all of a sudden I'll be like, oh my God, I feel weird in my chest. My stomach's tight. And I'll be like, oh. And then boom, then all of a sudden the idea, because you can't have an idea to a creative question, to a problem. You can't solve a problem from a place of the problem. Totally. You let go of the problem first. And then all of a sudden the answers come like magic. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and the faster you are able to notice it, it's much easier to unwind rather yes. than, you know, attention that you've carried around for weeks, you know, and then you're just like, wow 
my, you know, my traps are in knots all day. How long has it been yeah, like that? Exactly. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is also one of my favorites. I, in yeah. fact, we, we're, I really, we're going to work with him. Uh, we want to uh, do a food. I love that guy. He's great. A bunch of friends and colleagues have gone to his events and, and just, talked about transformational experiences and like, you know, getting up into those gamma frequencies yeah. where they almost feel like they're having a psychedelic experience yeah. just from meditation and breath work. I, I'd love to go to one of his events. Um, what type of, of medicinal plants are you growing in your home and food forests so that your family is, you know, healthy, strong, and you don't, you know, you're not, not run into the hospital every right, time right. someone, someone, uh, yeah. So right next to my desk, um, these came from my friend Chad Johnson's farm. Um, and it's, um, I got to get my uh, wolf. Uh, anyway, I'll send you the link to that. But I love the things that are produced by our food forest friends. We have now partnered with this uh, Dr. Alex, who is a Russian uh, fellow who can't go back to Russia because he's not, he's an anti terrorist guy, anti-tyranny guy, I should say. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's a doctor of herbology. So he's helping teach us about these medicinal plants, which had not been my skill set, but mushrooms. Um, I think that the reason psilocybin and ayahuasca and DMT and cannabis have been maybe illegal for a hundred years is because they are a gateway to connection with nature. And yeah. so I'm a fan of all of the natural solutions, especially when taken consciously with intent. Yeah. And, and I've seen a, you know, for a while I was trying to better understand why some people had the capacity to maybe see what was going on and other people either didn't want to or couldn't. Yeah. And many, many people uh, who, who, who were able to observe that had experience with either psilocybin yeah. or ayahuasca and some of these expansive plants that have been yeah. afforded to us by, by mother nature. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, underlying all of that is, is there has to be a desire there for, for yeah. truth, even yeah. if it's a little bit uncomfortable at the time. Um, yeah. Physical activity. What do you do? Uh, are you, are you still doing any wrestling? Are you coaching any wrestling? Now you got, you got three or four daughters. I think you mentioned, yeah, um, yeah, I'm guessing they don't wrestle, but <laughs> no, well, we wrestle, but yeah, so they're not into wrestling, but so I'm glad you asked that because that's one that's really kind of blown my mind. After I got done with wrestling, I spent quite a few years, like in the gym, five days a week for two hours a day, you know, getting yeah. all strong and puffed up. Now I'm 52. I use the same dumbbells as I used when I was 28. And for curls, like 45s. And yeah. I spend, I do three, I go to the gym and I go there four times a week, let's say maybe five. And I spend, I do three reps. That's it. I do three reps the whole time I'm there. And yeah. I do them with complete, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I'm not a big fan of anymore. But he said, if you want yeah, you got weird. Yeah, you got weird. Um, he <laughs> said one rep with vision is more better than 10 reps without. And I, so I sit and I, and I just visualize and I feel the contraction and I feel the expansion and the strength and I do it as long as I can. And then mm. I put it down. I do that three times and I'm out, which is a total energy of three minutes of mm -hmm. actual energy expense. Um, and I'm, I feel better and it's just strong and more flexible than I've been in a well stronger as I've ever been. And I, I could work on flexibility more. <laughs> I'm starting to. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's a to- it's a mind thing. It's all about the mind and what we set our intentions up front. And pretty soon, I probably won't need to have any weights because I'll just have more um, allowing of my intention through my mind. Right, and you do that for each exercise, each body group, or you're only doing three reps of curls and that's it. Um, so no, like I'll go in and I'll do a deadlift and I'll just hold the bar. I'll put two plates and, and, and quarters on the side. I'll just hold it as long as I can, usually whatever, 45 seconds or a minute. And I'll focus all the way from my calves and feet all the way up to my traps and my neck. And then when I'm done, it'll be failure and I'll, I'll put it down slowly. I'll do that three times. Then the next day I might do a pull up, right? Just hang. And I just focus. And then I try to work different um, and to, you know, different muscle groups. That's great. Right. Yeah. Right. Before we jumped on, I just did, I did two sets of three reps of deadlift and I've only got weights up to, up to 225 here. Um, it's at like 10 feet over there in the basement, but nice. um, no, that's, that's fantastic. So your nap is a big part of your routine as well. You allow for a nap and, and kind yeah. of recovering. <laughs> Yes. I How love do do taking a half an hour nap uh, every okay. day. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so refreshing and I get up early. I don't sleep near as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do have cannabis uh, a couple times a week at night, especially. And I just meditate. I have an intention going in and that's usually when, I mean, the ideas that come through that, and then I'll write them down the next day. I'm like, that was a really good idea or, oh, that was just silly. But yeah. <laughs> sometimes they're just silly, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, beautiful. And then, okay, so let's say all of this, and I, I don't know what, what your belief system is, but let's say all of this going on is is God's plan. And um, how do you kind of unsee, how do you see the next decade unfolding what are the changes in our world that that you believe will take place um and and paint a picture your vision of of the new earth if you will yeah um so i know that we are spirit having a divine experience which is on the leading edge of the expansion of everything that is and that it's we create our future. Now, the question I have regarding the law of attraction, how much does group think affect the total, right? And I think it does quite a bit. Um, otherwise, I'd just sit at home and I'd probably just do my own thing. But I think mm-hmm. that group think and, uh, and really inspiring that energetic shift yeah. is going to make a difference. So that's why I'm playing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're going to go through a period of well, people that are focused in fear and shame and rage, which is basically they're still controlled by the programmers, mm-hmm. they're going to go through hell. Uh, they're living in hell and they're going to continue to live in hell until they either die and then they'll be like, oh, geez, I, I, let's go back. I'm going to play that one again. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or they wake up. And I think for mm-hmm. those of us focused in love and joy and faith and courage, I think we're going to have the most exciting and epic time of our lives for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And, and and one of the, one of the things that I've wrestled with is some of the people that have been closest to me, you know, my best friends from college, 20 years, they're at least as of right now on a bit of a different path. And I've reached out multiple times or hoped to show them something that will maybe get them off of the, 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 the insanity or the nonsense loop of boosters and medical yeah. experimentation. And there's been some people that have said like, Whoa, 
okay, something clicked and and I'm done. I'm never getting another one of these shots again. Yeah. And some of my other friends are like, stop sending me this shit. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. you know, like let's, let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about fun stuff. And that's, that's been hard for me, but I'm also like, man, I don't want to throw out hope and just that, that, that maybe something else could click and, and that they could, they could get off of that. And maybe that's my own journey and, and something yeah, that I need done. to kind of make peace with. It's it's a beautiful intent, right? It's out of love. It's you care. It's all these things. So I keep going. I, and I've, there's people like this one guy from tennis. He comes to tennis with two masks on and plays yeah. tennis for four hours. And I'm just like, dude, that's not freaking healthy. It's not natural. And I, I've told myself like a dozen times, Jim, just give up. And I never do. I don't either. I don't either. Everybody's like, why don't you just stop reaching out to them? Like, cause I fucking love these guys. You know what I mean? It's so hard for me to watch them doing that. And then, you know, involving their children in this and that, um, for the listeners who, who, you know, have really felt a connection to you and your message and, and want to take some positive steps towards growing their own food and maybe getting a food forest involved and working with, with food forest abundance. What do you say to them, uh, words of encouragement and what would, what, what could they expect in working with you guys just to kind of reiterate? Well, they can expect our best effort. They can expect that we are committed beyond committed. All of our team members understand exactly the relevance and we're all coming at it from a joyful place. There are times when somebody sends a video and says, look at this shit going on right now. Holy shit. And like, okay, step back. What can we do with that energy, right? Transform that energy of fear into something, into Mm -hmm. something beautiful. So you can expect our best effort and that we are very thoughtful and strategic about the effort. Like how do we take the permaculture principle How do we take this energy incoming that's just epic and how do we transform that energy? We capture and store it and then we put it into abundance and regeneration of society. That's what we do. And it's a we thing. That's what we 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 get to change the world together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Last question that's a little bit selfish is when's the best place like if if we want to work with you? Right. So we've got we've got this land in Appalachia. We're going to we're building a home for my parents. My brother and his wife are going to build a home. I'm going to build a home. And like I said, we're going to have a greenhouse and let's say food forest. Um, We're putting in roads right now. We're clearing pasture for for horses and a cow and some goats and animals. Where do we want to be? in the process, uh, it, when, when does it make the most sense for us to reach out to you and your team? Are you guys involved for, in, in terms of picking the spot, the best spot based on sunlight and where that hits? And yeah, when should we reach out to you and to, to, to engage you guys? So the sooner, the better with regard to design, our designs incorporate all of the things you're talking about. So our number one thought in permaculture, it's kind of like it's an energy science. It's a transformation of energy. So we're going to want to put things in a relationship to where you're already going to be for the most part. Your Mm -hmm. zone one is going to be your annuals that are right outside the back door, let's say. Mm -hmm. Your zone two, unless then you have a member's garden. Then you mm. might, because of that logic, I don't want them right next to my house. I want them over here. So yeah. we, we really, it's a very thoughtful process, which, which will incorporate all of your goals. And then we'll add a bunch of layers to that. Um, so the sooner, the better, really. Awesome. Awesome. 
thank you so much for everything you're doing, Jim. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly needed right now and helpful. And, uh, I love it guys go to HTTP colon slash slash shop dot food forest abundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks and uh engage jim and his team and jim uh, i've really enjoyed our conversation i appreciate your time and uh if there's anything that that, that i could do to help with this mission please let me know and reach out and, uh, and brother uh, I'm thank here. you thank you anthony you're doing it right now and we will continue in, in whatever ways that inspire us and i thank you from the bottom of my heart likewise brother thank you One of the biggest challenges that we face in this modern day and age is how to provide yourself and your family with healthy, organic, nutrient-dense produce that is affordable. And food forests are one of the most effective ways of doing that. What's amazing about Jim and his company, Food Forest Abundance, is they have created a system that builds out a customized food forest landscape blueprint that is based on your climate, your planting zone, your topography, your space, and the beauty, functionality, and abundance that you wish to have. They take decades of permaculture knowledge, wisdom, and research and do the heavy lifting for you so you don't have to figure all that stuff out. All you need to do is execute and implement. And with the possibility of coming food shortages and supply chain issues, I am certain that starting a garden or more specifically a food forest is one of the best action steps that all of us can take to start building non-dependence or independence from these uh, systems and, and, and supply chains that may no longer be serving us. A lot of the top health experts in the world don't even recommend eating at restaurants or shopping at uh, national grocery stores because of all of the things that have been found in their food from genetically modified organisms, pesticides, and even nanotechnology, where there's some people that believe they may even be putting stuff in our food to quote unquote vaccinate through the food supply. And the easiest, best way to step outside of that is by going to uh, https colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks, grabbing a time to talk with Jim and his team. And if you feel uh, inspired and aligned to do so, having them create a food forest landscape blueprint for you and your family. These can be done anywhere. And specifically, he's he's found a way to make it actionable and easy to implement in suburban lawns all around the world. So again, that website is https colon slash slash shop dot foodforestabundance.com forward slash discount forward slash biohacks. And if you have a hard time remembering all of that, or you're listening to this while you're doing other things or driving or operating heavy machinery of any sort, uh, you can just go to foodforestabundance.com and then mention the discount code biohacks, which we set up for you guys that'll save you between five and 15% on your food forest landscape blueprint. And that's how we become a part of the solution. 
Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys and talk to you soon. 